Hello, any trenders. It is I, James, from beyond the grave. You may not have thought that I died, but I did, because I'm drowning in work. <laughs> Welcome to the final week of Spooktober for this year. Uh, it me, and joining me are my fellow hosts. Uh, I'm Nico. I'm I'm kind of sad Spooktober is ending, but that doesn't mean Halloween has to end, because what I've learned in my life is that if you join a cabal of witches, that means Halloween never ends. I guess so. I feel like that's a closing line, but that's my opener. <laughs> All right, and our one other host. Hey, it's uh, William again. Uh, just glad to be back on the, uh, I guess, last episode of the Spooktober um, uh, feature for our podcast. Um, I kind of agree with uh, Nico. I, I think... Every day can be Halloween, especially if you just, like, turn on the uh, local news, so... Uh, you just gotta surrender yourself to the Halloween devil. Exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I don't think the anime's gonna get that far. I I hope not. It's a wild... That was a wild fight. Alright. Anyway, yeah, so it is Spooktober, but because we have charts to check, we're gonna check them charts in the chart check. Oh, Yeah. One, two, one, two. Uh. <laughs> All right, so uh, this is the week two chart. It got published on the 23rd of October. Let's run it down. In first place, we have Chainsaw Man. In second place, we have Spy Family Part 2. In third place, we have Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War. In fourth place, we have The Eminence in Shadow. In 5th place, we have Mob Psycho 103. In 6th place, we have Bochi the Rock. In 7th place, we have Mobile Suit Gundam The Witch from Mercury. Uh, in 8th place, we have Blue Lock. In ninth place, we have My Hero Academia Season 6. And in 10th place, we have Akiba Made War. Well, 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 our, our four big shows have been uh, have been intruded upon. Yeah, like from what the edgy isekai that wow, I'm like I'm kind of surprised, but um, you sold me on the, uh, Eminence and Shadow last week, so uh, how do you feel, yeah. James? I I like the Eminence and Shadow. It is it's goofy. Um, I love the kind of it 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 is. I I want to say almost like refreshing because it is really emphasizing the lesser known aspects of a lot of these kind of shows like you can take your generic isekai kind of swords and fantasies and magic show but turning the main character into somebody who is you know most of the time supposed to be hiding in the background uh is is already in and of itself a very interesting way to spin it but then on top of that they make the main character a like a caricature uh like he's he's completely goofy and the like you're you're compiling a bunch of interesting ways to edit the isekai genre and you're mushing them all together which normally changing that much stuff all at once can create kind of a messy unfocused show but i think this this uh eminence and shadow ties it together pretty well and as as our friend said a 100 percent serious dramatic isekai with a dark and edgy plot and no fun whatsoever <laughs> I, yeah i've also heard that eminence and shadow uh a lot of people compared to like if if that one kid who who's like really into LARPing was suddenly like isekai into another world and he suddenly has all all these comrades that um like that that just like feeds into his own uh, fantasy so it it was a uh, kind yeah, of they're yes ending him yeah yeah exactly they're uh enabling him to take part in his own like fantasy that he doesn't know is like a reality so it's a it's a good angle yeah i think that's I think that's the part that really clinches it for the humor for me. It's like, it'd be one thing if it was just a guy basically playing fantasy and a bunch of people were, were like willingly going along with it. But the fact that he just makes stuff up and happens to be right is fantastic. It It is, it, it leaves the viewer, at least it leaves me with kind of just like, all right, how long is this going to go on? Like, how long is he going to keep making stuff up and still be correct? Like, when is he going to, cause he's not a stupid guy. Um, but he is his lack of well, it's it's intelligence versus wisdom. He is intelligent, but not wise. And so at some yeah. point he'll come to the realization. I'm hoping that like, 
oh, this is all real and people aren't just playing along with what I know to be kind of, you know, LARPing. This, I, I am correct. And having to deal with that kind of revelation. Will it ever happen? No clue. But I'm totally fine with the direction it's going in as long as, you know, presently when he's ignorant of that. He's fact. smart, but he's delusional. Is, is pretty, I think it's pretty, a pretty good uh, summary of his character. But yeah, it, it's uh, bursting into um, the fourth place. I think it's also because, you know, the comedy really works. People are really latching onto the he is, he is, at, you know, he's a dog character. I think uh, main characters acting like dogs is going to be a big thing uh, <laughs> this season. Uh-oh. Oh, That's going to turn into people acting like dogs in public. Oh, oh my God. I think I think we've already had some of that. We, yeah, we um, already have seen that. I was kind of hoping that that was a hallucination. It, it wouldn't come to pass, but yeah. I mean, Chainsaw Man, Spy Family, up top. I'm I'm behind on all the shows, unfortunately. Yeah, Chainsaw Man's kind of sweet. I mean, they kind of rush them through the first couple chapters, so it's like I don't know from a manga point of view, it's deep into the second volume already. So I mean, oh, wow. it's already at that. Gotta save Meowie, the cat. Which uh, I always felt like that was a pretty great introduction to power. I like power yeah. a lot. Uh, Nico, does the first volume, like, was it pretty, like, much action-packed, or was it mostly just, like, setting up the foundation for all the the big narratives and, and all the fights and stuff like that in the second volume? It just it just sets it up. I think I think what we saw in the anime was pretty much 100% covered by the, the manga. Um, I'm trying to remember, because, like, the initial bit about... Um, Power and Denji working together, I think, is covered in part one. And then I think I think the first volume ends like right before the Bat Devil fight truly starts. So like I, I'm pretty sure like we've just we kind of went like it's it's probably a pace where it's like three volume three chapters of or three episodes of anime per volume is kind of what it felt like to me on the pacing, which which makes sense. I think that um it has a quick introduction with power and Denji's antics and then followed it up with um, the uh, the initial beginning fight, which I've seen, I've seen a lot of the memes going around with Denji throwing the car. It's been pretty yeah. funny seeing that. Um, I, I've seen a couple as well where, where they'll edit in uh, like American sitcom scenes from inside a car. I think there was like a Drake and Josh one. Yeah, yeah, the Dragon Josh one was hilarious. Like they're splicing the the, the Josh running over Oprah scene with with the yeah. car, <laughs> which is a really hilarious like thing to think about. If you have like no context, you're like, wait, what do you mean? Like, because that's that's a lot to unpack in that sentence of memes. Um, it's very good. Dragon Josh is a source of of very good memes. My favorite is definitely the I do not control the rate at which lobsters die. Yeah, that's that's a good format. That's a, I, I think I quote that one like a lot. Maybe. There was a really good one uh, that was like different, like taking that and then chopping out different, um, different words to like be like different mythological um, like gods and whatnot. So like Poseidon's is I do not control the lobsters, <laughs> um, and then like or no uh, Poseidon's was I control, control the lobsters. lobsters. Yeah, um, and then there's uh, I think. Thanatos is the god of death as opposed to Hades, who's the god of the underworld. I so Hades is, I do not control the die. <laughs> <laughs> this is very good. Very good stuff. Yeah. What else right. can I say about Chainsaw Man? Um, power's great. Power's my favorite character. Power is, um, is, is the best. Um, it's, I, I will. I, I've learned this week that you could probably put together a pretty decent power cosplay if you just go to Uniqlo because like, you just find like a jacket that resembles her. Dress, yeah, you dress up in suit pants, white shirt, blue. It's blue, right? Yeah. Blue hoodie? Yeah, blue. And then uh, basically buy yourself a headband that makes the pointy, uh, the pointy, pointy bits. Yeah. So like, I'm actually torn. Like, I I have all of the stuff I need to go to a Halloween party dressed as power, like just from that, including wig. But like, I I came across a revelation that Uniqlo also sells clothes that make you look like you're from Melty Blood. So I actually ended up last minute changing. So now I I think I'm gonna show up dressed like neko arc and i don't know if i'm gonna pull it off or not but oh, it'll look iconic. so cursed it's gonna be so do you have do you have like a cat ear headband 
Yeah, I do. I say uh, quietly and ashamed. No, 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 no. I'm. I, I vaguely remember. I can't remember if it was for you or if it was for someone else. Because I, you've done enough. You've done enough Halloween costumes and cosplay to have assembled bits and pieces. Like it's like Legos. You get enough of them, and you can make stuff out of your existing components. I I definitely did not have a pair of cat ears lying around. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to get some on, on Amazon, but I my plan right now, so like Uniqlo sold turtleneck, they sell adult-sized, uh, male-sized skirt that could fit me, and then nice. I will just have printout of the big Neko Arc eyeballs. Big Neko Arc eyes. So they're going to open the door and just like, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah. Like, it's it's going to be oh, funny. I'm keeping commitment, that under man. Yeah, cause cause like I originally was like maybe I should just do power because it'd be easier, but like cause I still have that blonde wig, like so I was just like, oh god, this is this is like I've invested a lot of money in like Uniqlo designer clothes in order to do this. <laughs> that I wouldn't say it's cheap, but it's it's actually surprising like how the clothes like fit the character designs like because they're so they're so plain that i'm like oh man this is gonna be so cursed but if i get it my favorite character designs are when a a mangaka or anime character designer just goes they're gonna wear regular people clothes like let's let's make this easy for for people to do like that's why you see so many Okabe Rintaro cosplayers. Like if it's like like if anybody watches Steinskate and they've never done cosplay before and they think about doing cosplay, Okabe is super easy. Buy some khakis, get a gray shirt, mm-hmm. get a lab coat, yep. and a black belt with a silver buckle, and don't shave for a couple days, and you're done. Don't forget yeah. the Doctor like... Pepper. Oh yeah, and a Doctor Pepper. Like the drink um... of intellectuals. <laughs> I'm just laughing because like even with um the other Nasuverse, which is related, is like which on the Holy Night with Oko mm-hmm. is gonna be like white T-shirt and blue jeans, and that's your and you just have to have red hair and your Oko Alzaki. Yeah. It's like oh, that's pretty funny. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I'm I have both things that I could I could do either or, but I'm pretty sure like. Uh, there's the quote somewhere is like if it's worth doing it's worth overdoing so i might as well just go the full like neko arc kind of style so i'm gonna i'm gonna try that the solution at some point when i come back to to california um we have to do like a group cosplay of just like all the different neko arcs so we got to get somebody to dress up like og neko arc we got to get neko arc chaos and neko arc bubbles and and all the others yeah uh, which is my way of saying I want an excuse to pretend to smoke cigarettes. Yeah, because you'll be you'll be neuro chaos. So it'll be pretty funny. All right. Um, uh, other notable chart check. Uh, uh, congratulations, Mobile Suit Gundam: The Witch from Mercury for breaking it into the top ten. Let's go. Your favorite show mm-hmm. internally. Oh, we're happy fans can listen to us shout about Mobile Suit Gundam: Witch from Mercury because it's a really good show. It's very accessible. What happened this week? Did did you catch up yet, or no? No, <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, I I am uh I am receiving basically good vibes and the occasional clip from my various friends that are watching. My plan is to to get totally caught up probably next week, and then perhaps we could, heaven forbid, have an actual episode dedicated to it. Um, because then we can talk about it and then talk about like other Gundam stuff. Did, did you see the clip this about week Gundam. about the punch? <laughs> I seen that. No, I think that oh my some gosh, uh, dude. yeah, the girl just like straight up sucker punches a girl that was like uh, just talking trash, trash about someone. I think trash about like country oh, bumpkins yeah, or something like that. Yes, yeah, that's that's for making the ass hunter. That was like amazing. It's like I don't know because I'm just thinking of it as all of the parallels from Utna, but like nobody got knocked the heck out in Utna like that. Yeah, oh god, <laughs> someone like, should have. Though. Oh my gosh, man! Imagining like every shoujo show where they just solve their problems by just punching each other Violence. out would be like <laughs> that. That's the show. This is what the show is in some spots. Um, but yeah, it's hilarious. There's so many really great moments in that episode. And I, I think that was the one that was like really making the rounds on Twitter. I'm I'm super stoked that it's doing this well. Again, like the folks from Bondi Namco really wanted Witch of Mercury to be accessible. And I think this bodes well for Gundam as a franchise um, because it the success of this proves that Sunrise can make other Gundam. I oh, know this isn't Sunrise, is it? Let me check. 
Oh, it is it sunrise. Is sunrise. All right, yeah, I was correct. Sunrise is the Gundam. Um, that that sunrise can make more Gundam shows like in a broader variety of I'll just say like genres. Like they can make a broader set of of Gundam shows and they will be successful, which I think is really what you need to do if you're trying to market Gunpla. You just gotta you gotta get enough people to like the shows and then you know admittedly not everybody that enjoys these other shows but like a small portion of them will probably be interested enough to pick up a gunpla of uh one of the, yeah, one of the mechs from yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for yeah. an aerial one to come out that sounds kind of cool to look at yeah buy gundam buy... I, I i tell you to buy gundam i'm not gonna buy gundam because i'm too busy buying model trains <laughs> and i can only spend so much money <laughs> I, I was gonna anyway. think. I mean, there's like gun tanks. There's, I'm sure there's gun train at some point in the series. Like, some just at some point, yeah. Giant, giant behemoth train that fires rockets in giant gun. But I'm sure there's somewhere. There's someone's gonna like rip me up. And be like, how do you not know about this model? Because like it's a it's a big series. I'm sh- I'm sure. Like, is there a Gundam? Oh, there's train? so much. Um, if there is, I'm gonna send it to James. And there we go. He's gonna watch that immediately. There is a there is like a mech train show called like Shinkelion, which is like Shinkansen and Evangelion mushed together. I have not watched any of it. I have not found out where to get it. But it is looks just the, the names are just straight. <laughs> up I think it's just the name. I have no idea. I haven't watched very much. Yeah, I think it's just the name. I remember. I I might have been. I might have been. Uh, can't remember right really, but I think Hatsune Miku made a cameo. Um, like had her so. own Hatsune guest. Miku makes cameos. Yeah, she she has her own guest episode in uh, Shinkalion. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I know about it. Unfortunately, collaborations with Hatsune Miku is how you combine IP universes. Mm-hmm. Like if if Miku has done a collaboration with this franchise, it is automatically connected to every other franchise that has done a collaboration with Miku. Yeah, that's how Jashin Chan uh, works. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Any other uh, chart check comments? Um, I know Occupant Made War is first in top ten. I don't really have much to say on that because I, I just, I just think it's so funny going from like, um, Licorice Recoil in the previous season and now Occupant Made War. Like, I feel like there's a ton of overlap, but I don't know if it's like actually, like, just insane funny coincidence that it just so happened to line up after the season where i i haven't seen it so it's like if, if will seen it like you can correct me on it where i feel like i, I keep a made war just based off of all the ads i've seen of it like they lean really into like the edge aesthetic as opposed to just the action with the cute elements of like like how licorice recoil has like the kind of the cute schoolgirl element going on that like makes it kind of silly um I just think it's kind of funny, like, seeing the kind of more extreme tones, I guess, present in Akiba Maywar over Licorice Recoil. Like, yeah. it could be kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, in terms of just, like, themes and, and uh, I guess, just overall tone, uh, I feel like, like, they're sort of similar, but, like, Akiba Maywar, I feel like, is more, like, <laughs> it, the there are like actual deaths and people do get shot but it's done in like a really slapsticky way there's no like um gore or guts or brains flying around it's like it, it's it's a little bit of a satire um and a comedy as well I, i'd say it has a little more um in common with like uh black lagoon or uh or or any other anime series like that but it's a really really fun show and uh i'm glad i willed it into the charts uh like i said for the last episode <laughs> oh that's funny. sorry idolish seven edgy maids i will i will have to actually check this out though i wonder if like let's see because i saw the only other last comment i have is urusei yasura jumped eight spots from like 21 to 13 it's yeah. still not top 10 i don't know mm-hmm. if i talked about it last week but i really i really like the urusei yasura reboot slash remake slash it's like a rehash of the same things but yeah, it's like yeah. a rehash of something i really like so yeah it's like oh more of the same don't mind if i with, do with david production animation Ooh. yeah the uh, episodes aren't like adapted chronologically so they're sort of like aside from maybe the first episode they're sort of like mixing up the different uh section segments from from what i heard so but it, it's it's pretty accessible it's not you you won't really lose like uh you you won't really lose yourself too too much so you can just uh pretty much jump in 
once you start the first episode. Yeah, I mean, the first episode is still the same same initial structure. Even with, like, the 80s anime, it's, like, the exact same timings, jokes, um, set up. Um, it is funny with Hiroshi Kamina as the, uh, as the lead. It's, like, the Mr. Typecast from Monogatari Shinji character I think we talked about before as I'm trying to remember um yeah we we I think you cover it it's like he is yeah. he is like scumbag, scumbag. And like <laughs> he yeah, just, they're, yeah. They're basically just mm-hmm. yeah he's just has like a nerdy dorky voice to, to him like I, I think he also voices the creepy the ego guy in uh blue lock so um I could be wrong but like mm-hmm. it very mm-hmm. sounds very similar yeah so like this is like the last thing before we jump into the thing sorry about the interruption but I, I saw that no there's the Simpsons Death Note parody. Have you mm, seen that yet? Yeah. Like, oh, oh yeah, I've heard yeah. about that. Uh, I've seen I've seen the clips and uh, I've seen the clips and some visuals of it. It looks really it looks really clean and awesome. Um, I think I reported on it like a few weeks ago, and then uh, Melvin, our other news writer, updated uh, updated uh, the site with the new info. But it's like it looks really really clean. Uh, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it, uh, Nico. I, I thought it was pretty funny because I think that it's like a kind of shot for shot from the episode one um, of like how lights like looking all dejected, seeing the state of the world. And like Lisa just sees all of like the very uh, over the top, like rampant corruption. It's like, it's kind of like the, oh yes, humans are truly mm-hmm. corrupt. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I do think it's kind of hilarious. I guess how late, this parody is because i'm almost like dude this is like almost like 15 years later from from when death note had originally released (laughs) yeah Um, i mean well death note it's still it it has like a such a i'm i'm not too surprised because it has such a long lasting i guess pop culture like american pop cultural impact you know with um I, I think they're doing a new new series with the duffer brothers soon and then we had that that live action film that uh, no one wants to talk about and uh yeah it, it's just um i i remember vaguely those uh news reports about like kids bringing real debt notes to classrooms and stuff like that so it's definitely had an impact i, I feel like they i don't know if they had to neg- the simpsons crew had to negotiate with the that no creators but like i I feel like it's still it's long overdue i think parody is isn't acceptable because they're like they're not like having the exact they're not saying the exact same things it's a simpsons take on on it's it's still it's still gonna be silly it's not gonna be exact one for one from everything oh yeah of course Um, like a lot of the joke is the fact that it's simpsons animation using probably simpsons character stand-ins going in um and like this isn't like the first time the simpsons has done straight anime reference uh or parody Mm -hmm. um for their treehouse of horror specials um they have done this for attack on titan as well was was one of the ones like i saw there there was like one year they did like a naruto attack on titan that um yeah like they they've done pretty mainstreamable stuff. I I just think it's it's just super funny because of just like the the timing of like how long Death Note's been out and how long the Simpsons. yeah it's really it's 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 a vintage callback now. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't want to call it vintage. I'm not that old, dude. Like don't <laughs> ancient don't start crusty. That. I don't We're all old, man. No, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna live forever. And like it's like I don't know. It, I just think it's kind of an interesting thing that'll get through the next couple of days. Like, cause it's like the one thing that will make me like talk about the Simpsons and then probably yeah. forget and then you about put the Simpsons it back the in their box. For... Be like, oh, I guess they're still doing a thing. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, know I what they're, they're still running. <laughs> I don't know what. The, like, I don't know what like a current year Simpsons episode would look like, but I could. I don't know if I would find it even remotely interesting. But it's, I, I don't know. It's it's still going not. on. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. Uh, it's a Treehouse of Horror uh, anthology episode, so at least the tone is a bit different, and uh, I I enjoy watching those every every year um, as well. So they're they're best part of the show, I in my opinion. It's because it's divorced from the canon. Basically, is the only reason why it's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's also like, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's, I mean, it's divorced from like even just the style. If that makes sense. Like, yeah, it's, it's completely like let's just do the most experimental thing that we don't have to like follow the the slapstick formula or current event or anything like that. 
Man, we talk a lot about. Th- it's funny that it's we talk this about, much about. Yeah, because this is like a because, horror uh, comedy, and then now we're well, gonna... also because Girl Taku just released the podcast on uh, their non-Japanese anime, so it's like ah, we're talking about animations, not Japanese. Oh yeah, I, I... even though uh, the Treehouse of Horror stuff is animated in Korea, if memory serves. Yeah, like, it was uh, uh, Doctor, Dr. Uh, Doctor Movie Studio. Yeah, Dr. Movie or yeah. Doctor Movie. Yeah, they they uh, did that. Doctor Movie. Doctor Movie. <laughs> I can't believe the actual Doctor Movie. The Doctor movies you know, that shows up on the credits of every every show. Yeah, I know. I was like, what a what a talented uh, animator. <laughs> he truly, <laughs> he has a doctorate in movies, don't you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Main topic. Transition noise. It's it's horror still. It's still October, uh, and I made the theme horror comedies, which. Uh, was originally just so we could talk about one show in particular, and then when I put on my thinking cap and tried to come up with other entries, it turns out I made it really difficult for myself. But I managed to scrape together three, two that are mostly in that vein, and then one that is barely at all, uh, but has a funny story for me in particular attached to it. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, uh, I guess like the key thing is like when you say horror comedy, this are these two genres that you would typically expect to be separate, or are they actually not so different? you and i that's so different you and i (laughs) um they have similarities for sure yeah i think the big thing that a lot of people reference uh or talk about when they're discussing different genres is that horror and comedy are both very reliant on timing um and kind of the build-up and release of tension except in horror the release of tension is you know shock or scary or or just kind of brutal whereas for comedy you're building up tension in terms of like funny situations or like setting up a prank you know uh things like that uh as well as letting there be enough time for the atmosphere of the show to develop before moving on to the next thing so that's that's the biggest i think thing between comedy and horror is is timing anime also benefits both because again anime is a medium that allows for extraordinary exaggeration and so you can do like extra distorted reaction faces in comedies or you can make people perform in ways that aren't physically possible and then as far as horror is concerned uh man-made horrors beyond my comprehension (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if anybody else has like big things on on those two genres i mean i think that makes sense i mean i think the easiest way i can relate to it is like some of the horror material that i have read i find funny and I think breaking it down into the fact that it is like a release of tension um, in like uncomfortable ways, like kind of helps me release that tension through laughter. Um, and from like a non-anime kind of anime adjacent, um, I find that a lot of Junji Ito's work ends up following this formula. Not mm-hmm. oh, every yeah. single one of his stories are particularly scary to me. Some, such as like Tomie or um, uh, there's like Deserter, there's there's a couple of ones that I, f- I find them like really horrifying on like a different mind level um, that I don't really laugh at when I think about. But there's a couple short stories in his work because he's got so many small stories that there are one shot, um, single chapter kind of stories that end up with that, that comedy horror punchline aspect um, that makes the situation kind of funny in some ways um and one story i always think of is a short story called the circus is here where the idea is that a dude goes to see a circus with his friends and they're kind of like lured in and so as they're watching the show like all of the actors in the circus all the trapeze performances are just dying horribly but the show is kind of just moving on and it's just like, oh, that was a good performance. And they're like dragging the people off. And like everyone in the in the whole crowd is kind of just like mesmerized of like, did that did that guy just die? And like they're like, uh, I, I don't know. And they're like the, the fact that like they're just moving on with that performance. And so it, it's creepy, but it's also like in everybody's um I guess reactions is so different from like what they're what they should be reacting to that it kind of causes like a comedy aspect and it's also the fact that like these actors are dying in like kind of like 
I guess I guess the way they're dying is kind of funny just because it's like forces of nature are like causing them to die in like accidents on stage. Like someone drops a knife and it's bouncing and bouncing and bouncing and you're like, oh, wow, it just that that thing just bounced like four times in order to like accidentally kill that one guy. Like it's just like, what are the yeah, odds? It's, it's just it's like it, it gives you that sense like something's really cursed, but it's also like kind of like silly in a way of just like how everyone is reacting in that moment my favorite is the kind of deaths where yeah it can be like totally gruesome when you're watching it and then you realize that when you try to describe it using words to other people it sounds like one of the most psychotic and bizarre things you've ever described or just a series of totally unrelated things uh for i remember it for some reason it made me think of back when i was in high school and one of the lines was like uh, yeah until they died in a tragic marching accident because we were all in the marching (laughs) band and so everybody's <laughs> laughter was like, you know, we're we're laughing at the concept of death here, but it's the it's the mental imagination of what is a tragic marching accident. Like what is that composed of? What could that be? And every every mental image is this like cartoon mishmash of like sousaphones and shako boxes strewn all over the place. Anyway. So that's kind of like a quick example. So we have some of the yeah. Anime I wanted to use your about. Junji Ito point to to talk about uh, one of the shows that I think we thought about discussing. Except that this one fits into the uh, instead of like laughing at it because it's trying to make us laugh, we're more like laughing at it because it's trying to make us not laugh. <laughs> it's trying to it's just scare us, but it's kind of not that scary. It's <laughs> terrible at it. Yeah uh i'll just bring it up it's the junji ito collection mm, okay. oh yeah oh i heard that wasn't uh, that too show. good <laughs> we had such high hopes for it when it got announced because we're like oh man they're doing an adaptation of like junji ito's work one of the most well-known and respected you know horror mangaka in the world is having is having their work animated i can't wait to see what it looks like and it was bad I hear they're doing a so second iteration on Netflix, actually, and it kind of looks similar, to be honest. Oh dear. The only the only hope I have at this point is for, uh, I think it's Adult Swim or it's it's Production IG is working with Adult Swim, yeah, uh, for an adaptation of Uzumaki, mm-hmm. which the trailer looked amazing, and the fact that they're delaying it by like a year and a half so that they can actually do it right because the pandemic threw a wrench in everything means that they actually care how it turns out. <laughs> I, I am so scared, dude. The longer it got delayed, the more I'm, like, a little bit nervous on it. Because, like, for Uzumaki in particular, it's, like, it's only four episodes long. It's supposed to be, like, a miniseries sort of movie yeah. design. And, like, I I had heard... I, I This is... I thought this was public where they said they sometimes... They scrapped something on it. Um, I don't particularly know details. And it's not like anyone told me trade secrets on stuff. But that that was why they had to delay it. So it sounds like they were trying to like really, really get it right because they're so um, they're so ambitious in like trying to replicate the style of like the swirls. Um, and Junji Ito has like the most intricate art, which is why like the Junji Ito collection from Crunchyroll like failed so hard because like the still images just don't work compared to the original manga panels like you lost so much detail um by simplifying it that i think that that really messed with like a lot of the atmosphere and makes some things like really fall flat um yeah mm -hmm. indeed indeed yeah that's a common criticism from what i've heard i've seen the series too and i've read a lot of um i've i've read and have yet to read a lot of uh ito's uh short story collections i mean i i think i found it okay um mainly because i kind of wanted to see like you know all, all these characters and all these stories that i've read before just like animated on screen but i can def- i definitely see like the perspective of um like those uh really lackluster um i guess Im- image images and, and sceneries just like kind of lose their punch when compared to like the original manga and like Ito's uh, panels as well. Yeah, yeah, and there were some stories that I felt like they didn't adapt, and I was like, "Wait, why didn't they do the whole story that everyone knows and everyone's kind yeah, of yeah?" This hole was made for me. Like, like, <laughs> that's like if you had to name a Jinji Ito one that was like kind of horrifying, like that would be one. And like, I don't know if you actually needed to go that hard on the animation to like get the point across, you know? Um, yeah. 
like that's that's one that even the art style doesn't um require that much detail until like the very end like with i want to say i I don't want to say punchline because punchline is for comedy but like the reveal at the very end yeah of that mm-hmm. short story that's when you need to pour all the detail on but before then you can get away with like really you know standard animation level you know standard animation and kind of even skimping a little bit on backgrounds uh and 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 like details and whatnot because that story is much more character driven than it is art dependent all right i want i i feel like i keep setting up uh transitions but i don't want to be the one to keep forcing this conversation but i'm going to anyways speaking of shows that don't require crazy good art in order to be entertaining let's talk about the main show that we wanted to talk about today uh yami shibai the greatest anime of all time (laughs) so i think it's kind of funny how we're gonna go from like ragging on the junji ito collection and then go to like yami shibai be like ah yes this this i love this like this i I, love it sounds kind of hypocritical because like there's a certain level of like irony i have in watching yami shibai um yeah but like the most unique aspect of it is like that paper craft style animation that makes it kind of unique relative to like other shows and it kind of gives it that like otherworldly inhuman sort of element on the characters and like it really like kind of gives that horror atmosphere um while also still being cheap to produce because i mean it's only like how would we describe this show it is a it's a series of shorts, which is the first thing, is that the episodes are, like, only, like, three to four minutes long, which already kind of less expensive to produce. Um, I would like to, real quick, give everybody a, a history lesson uh, regarding this particular show. Because Yami Shibai means theater of dark... The translation is theater of darkness, but it's actually a pun. So, uh, in post-war Japan, there was an entertainment medium called Kami Shibai which translates as paper theater. And it was literally the format that Yami Shibai is, but in real life. So there would be basically a storyteller that would have a box and he would open the box and he would, it basically a PowerPoint presentation, but all the cards it's printed on cards instead. And he would tell stories and he would like add, you know, little sound effects and, and do voices for all the different characters and just keep sliding the different uh, cards out to, show scene changes or different action poses and so yami shibai borrows that a lot by having very static backgrounds like just a drawing and then sometimes have just a picture of a character kind of moving across that drawing uh so it is a modern version of a classic uh entertainment media yeah and even like the the way how the intro sets up i mean it's kind of implying that you have a a cursed masked man that's yep. reenacting these stories in the park and so it's like all the different passerbys and children are like watching Gather around tell kids. these like extremely like depressing sad scary stories about like demons and stuff yeah iconic uh and i think what really makes yami shibai great especially if you stick with it is that it's it's I, I hate saying post credit scenes, but what happens after the ending theme plays or like sometimes during the ending theme, uh, the end cards, there's a it, like it's meta. There's an overarching story that has to do with the storyteller um, that's separate from the individual vignettes that you get. Yeah, that, that was my favorite part because it like it it also it's only like a three to four minute episode but then when it like kind of all comes together in like season three it's like season I think, four is when we get that was it uh, season we four? Get that. Oh my gosh whichever yeah. one had it where like every episode there's like a new masked head like seeing the four. ending that one was like incredibly dank um yeah because that's what I'm saying. like it like it fits that line like it toes the line between like is this is this fun because it's dank and like i'm only investing like three minutes of my life into watching or is it like legit good and then like by the ending of like the third or fourth season where it gets to like masked man's origin story it like is like legit insanely well thought out from that one that episode was so good it it it's so good because it it lulls you into a sense of like this is something to kind of like chuckle at or maybe feel like a little creeped out, but not too much because then the paper 
styling and art style is is pretty innocent. The animation isn't super detailed. Uh, and then it lulls you into that sense of security and then just at the end of season four just smacks you upside the head with this massive revelation. And you kind of have to sit there and be like, oh my god, I've been bamboozled. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. It continues. There's eight seasons of this there's show. There's eight seasons? Oh my god. No, yeah. I, I checked and there's like ten, uh, apparently. Oh, ten? As of January oh, 2022. one every like, like two to three months i'm three to four months i'm pretty sure they it's like this one studio that is just like non-stop making amishi by it's like i'm okay with that it's it's just funny because like it's like it's like literal panning for gold where like there's some that i think that are just kind of like all right i wasted like three minutes on like kind of an okay cheap horror punchline that's like yep the person is gonna get eaten by the monster the end and it just like it just immediately like abruptly ends on like the punchline of like yep here's the monster reveal that's it and like they don't have to show anything because it's just the the cheap animation and there's like a couple that I find that are like actually legit creepy that I was like oh wow this is like legit like actually like pretty it makes well you uncomfortable done, uncomfortable moment in that um, but like it's just because of the fact that like it's just that quick horror punchline element that makes it so digestible as like a, as an aspect. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a good show for the you know it it has that it has that aspect of you get really invested in it. I remember when we were doing the group watch sometimes you know half jokingly but sometimes in all seriousness we'd be like yelling at the screen being like no character don't do the thing they like do the obviously bad thing and then just then yeah up, like, oh, don't do the bad thing we know you're all gonna do. It's very good. Watch Yami Shibai, everybody. It's available on Crunchyroll and High Dive. And uh, again, small investment of your time. And I think if you stick with it, you'll you'll have a really, uh, you'll have an enjoyable moment. Watch it are, with friends. Are there fun, like, what, do you have, like, a favorite funny moment from the show? Because, like, I have mine from... I want to hear yours. So, there, I think it's season one. There's an episode called The Umbrella Lady, where how the, how the story starts out is that there's a kid who's going to have a summer vacation with his great friend. And... He's out in the fields and he sees this like kind of bent neck looking person with holding an umbrella and the camera just pans on it. And you're like, what is this figure in the distance? And all you hear is just like the sound is just going like, 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 a, like a distant, like kind of curse sound that you're like, what, what yeah. is that? And so like that, that sound design is pretty funny. But then, like, the, the best part of that episode is where he goes to the, the friend's dad as he comes back from the house. He's saying, oh, I saw this, like, figure-looking thing that's, like, a lady holding the umbrella. And, like, the father just immediately freaks out. Like, he drops whatever he's doing. He's like, oh, my God, the one the one extremely cursed thing has happened to this family. And so then the, the scene stops and goes to the next moment where the dad is on the phone saying, quote, we're going to have to lock him in the shed tonight. <laughs> and so it goes from like kid having a nice summer vacation and dad, like, like from, if, if, if there was no umbrella lady, like this dad is like major freaking out and overreacting on it where it's just immediately locking this kid in the shed. Like it's like, it's not even his own kid. It's like rip dude. That's so sad. Yeah. I just I just love that drama. It was just like that moment of like the cut it was just like I It's I, I it's really so good. That. That's what makes it funny is like the overreactions of some of the characters. I know it's supposed to like imply stakes, like oh man, this is this is a real big danger. But again, I think it's because the episode is so short. You have to compress all those moments together and so it spikes from like regular vibes to lock him in the shed lock him in the shed and or he's going to die like it's like oh are, are you sure like shouldn't you just send him home like i don't know like it's 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 uh see i i i'm just thinking about the ending of of season four when it's just the doors keep closing over and over and over again and you're like yeah, all oh, the stories is all coming together you're like the stories are spreading curses to people and you're like wait a second is he like is the masked guy actually causing these stories to happen or is he just retelling them and it like the fact that it, it opens up uh, that, that idea i think it's another i don't remember if it's also season four if it's season five but the reveal of like um every at the end of the last episode of the season uh it's it's like a prequel and it's the the storyteller as like a kid and he's drawing these like horrifying pictures like he's drawing the cards for his kamishibai uh, and then he like the last scene is he puts his uh no, his sketchbook down and all the kids on the playground have been turned into like monsters. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good last one. That's a one. good one. So yeah, watch, watch right. Yami Shiba. Like be the be like 
one of the the few people who are watching this uh i wouldn't say it's quality like high quality but it's like enough that i'm like yeah i'm invested 20 minutes to watch some of these and i yeah, enjoy watch them. watch five or six episodes you know you can speed run it basically yeah it's, they're shorts do you have another horror comedy moment or like things in like i have i have another show that kind of fits into that but i want to see if will has brought anything to the table uh yeah, I think so. You gave me enough time to actually think about and find and like contribute something, but uh, I will. That's the whole strat. Oh yeah, definitely by will time. Yeah, uh, but uh, just some quick thoughts on Yummy Shiba. I I haven't watched it, but I have seen it like constantly being recommended on like uh, Crunchyroll and stuff like that. It is a very like I feel like I could merit on it pretty pretty fast because of the short runtime, but it is like very uh like interesting show with a unique art style so um i don't know if you guys have some recommendations for specific episodes but uh i guess we can uh hash that out uh a bit later but um yeah i guess my my show is actually uh it uh i believe it it i can't remember if it won an award on anime trending but i actually wanted to talk about uh mirko chan just from a yeah. few seasons ago yeah um I, I I'll get your guys' thoughts on it uh, a bit later, but yeah, I really like the balance it struck between like the horror and comedy aspects, uh, because like I think the it it, it could have easily just become like another like action oriented show about like this girl with like who can who has supernatural powers and who can suddenly see these like terrifying spirits beside her that no one else could. But uh, it was a very interesting, uh, I guess, um, way that they had her deal with the spirits was just by doing everything in her, in her like uh, ability just to like ignore them and pretend not to see them. Right. And that, that's gotta be, if I was like inches away from like a really, scary ghost with like a like a long tongue or like bulging eyes or something like that i i think i'd be i definitely wouldn't have clean underwear for uh that that moment and i'd probably be running away uh somewhere but uh yeah it was uh there there were a lot of moments uh where you know there was tension but like i also feel like i could have i i there were some funny moments after that uh kind of de-escalated a lot of stuff and um you know, I would just like the designs on the ghosts are just like those evil ghosts are just like really out there too, right? When when you contrast it with like the, you know the the simple like um, anime girl um, visuals that they uh, they had in the show, so uh, that that's sort of my pick. I I still like I still really like uh, uh, Mirko Chan, and um, I don't know if it'll get a second season, but like I wouldn't be like I'd be open to it. Uh, returning in uh, some some shape or form so um uh I'd, like have you guys seen on mirko chan as well nick i have not actually but i mean i've seen some of the clips ah, i mean hmm. i should have done my homework on it just because of how it was doing and all the polls it was doing really well the season it came out yeah. here's where i i admit that i also have not watched it but my my backup to that is i have read a lot of it okay yeah so i'm familiar with the art style how, and with yeah. the with the plot I'm kind of curious, like, uh, how, how, um, how does, I guess, the manga kind of fare just with, like, the few clips that you've, you've seen of the anime? It's, it's, it's good. So, this is something that we've kind of briefly touched on when we talked about Junji Ito's work. Um, one of the advantages of the manga style and manga as a medium is because you have to draw fewer pictures you can get away with a little bit more detail. So there are definitely scenes, particularly ghost or monster designs, that have a little bit of extra detail in the manga. It's still very well communicated in the anime, but it's that extra bit of detail that you get mm -hmm. in the printed format that I think really turns up the tension. It, it compensates, because one of the advantages of the anime is that the pacing is controlled and you get things like tone of voice, you get a little bit of soundtrack, you get a lot of audio that helps heighten the atmosphere, as opposed to manga, which is a printed medium that you go at your own pace with. So the detail helps ratchet up the tension where you don't have that audio or temporal uh, bonus that the anime would provide. Oh yeah, definitely. And um, But, you know, I, I feel like both, both the anime and manga still 
kind of offer like different things and um you know as, as someone who hasn't read read the manga sadly uh it was just like uh just like an, an as an anime only uh, fan it, it was a pretty pretty uh, good experience uh overall i mean in terms of horror comedy anime i feel like there's a good number of them like uh trying to think it's not it, it wasn't like marketed as a comedy but like it, the most infamous one is the english dub of ghost stories as well which yes <laughs> which is uh something in in it that that would uh, require that that is something else and um yeah it, it's it's definitely like i i think miracle chan kind of strikes that good balance between the horror and comedy yeah. for sure what I like about it is it really does fit into horror comedy as opposed to, I think, a very closely related, but I personally consider a very distinct separate category of supernatural comedy. There are elements of the supernatural because they're unknown, because they're not well understood, that automatically become intimidating and kind of induce fear. But most of the time, they're played for laughs when you have those comedic shows, whereas Miyoko-chan genuinely grotesque and horrifying monster and ghost designs and what really i think hammers it home for the viewer is the fact that our main character also thinks that they are horrifying and grotesque ghosts and monsters so the disposition of the main character does a really good job of setting the tone of the show as opposed to if we had equally kind of grimy gross monster designs but the main character was just chipper about it and tried to get along with them all and actively include themselves into that kind of society it would automatically soften the impact that those designs have as opposed to our main character who through fantastic inner monologue is basically saying something along the lines of nope i need to pretend I'd, if i don't see it it doesn't see me and i just need to hold my breath and pray it doesn't notice me and pretend like everything's fine because it I can see it and it can see me and if it knows that I can see it it's gonna freak out uh and so that whole tension is is really good in the show and that can either lead to horror or comedy because you don't know which way which way that tension is going to resolve if it resolves in everything is fine then we get to breathe a sigh of relief and kind of laugh at how wound up we were about it but there are a couple scenes where the ghost notices and our worst fears come to light and we get to, you know, like everything that we thought was going to happen or could happen that's bad is happening and it's real and you have to now deal with that. And that's the, the high blood pressure, high heart rate, panicking horror aspect. Strikes a balance. I don't think very many shows managed to pull that off. You should watch Miroko chan Nico. Okay. Yeah, yeah you should, Nico. <laughs> Is it a good episode about cats uh, that uh, I think you might like? So, yeah. Oh yeah, the cat the ghosts. Cat ghosts. Yeah, it, it doesn't go where you expected it to go. So it was. Uh, but yeah. that's that's what makes that particular arc really good. Is that previous arcs make you think that it's going to be something horrible, and then it turns out that it's not as bad as you thought. It's it it goes from bucking the trend of the scary things aren't that bad to you know baseline for Mieroko is the scary things are that scary and they are that bad. And so when we get a, a little arc or a scene where the scary things are not that bad, it's nice. It's refreshing. It's a palate cleanser. I wanted also, uh, if anybody else has real quick last call for entries before I bring up the funny one, which I'm hoping to uh, keep pretty short because I just think it's a goofy little story. Mm -hmm. um, I have one, but like we could do your funny short first and then... Because I, I have, like, a small funny that's more of a meta-funny one, and then, like, a funny scene in a usually not very funny show that has pretty funny moments. Alright, well, we'll do the show as a whole then, and we'll get to the, and then we'll get to your funny haha moments. I want to talk about when I got heckin' bamboozled <laughs> by uh, a trailer and then we watched the show and it was the complete opposite of that oh, which is zombieland it. saga <laughs> okay <laughs> where yeah we, the trailer came out for zombieland saga and it looked like it was going to be a, a horror anime maybe slightly campy camp is really good at making something amusing while still being kind of scary and then it just turned out to be an idol show and just completely pulled the wool over our eyes um we were watching it in our club that focuses on dark anime and we had to kind of sit down and think are we going to keep watching this? Because this is not at all what we thought it was going to be. 
but we already said we were going to watch it this season, which means that regular club can't watch it this season, even though it would be a really good fit for regular club. And we ended up sticking with it, which was great. It was really nice because it, again, it contrasted with all the other shows we were watching. So that contrast, you know, palate cleanser kind of situation. Yeah. And there there are some, some times when they lean into the, these are zombies, and there's a couple scenes where the art gets less cutesy and you can tell that they've really <laughs> tried to amp up the, the, the undead horror kind of vibes. And it works for a good punchline. It really does. I had my suspicions about the show, to be honest, like not through trailers, I guess, maybe a little bit, but I think the key visuals as some of the early visuals as well, like I, I like I, I don't know. I, I, I knew it had something to do with zombies, but like I also had a feeling that this is since it's from um can't remember the production companies. I think it's Psy Games, uh, Psy and, Games. Uh, PA Works. Like I had a feeling like either some kind of slice of life or idol stuff was going to be meshed in with it. And I think I was right about that, that, uh, that part as well. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it didn't really hit me as hard in the first episode, but first episode was really fun as well. It's very good stuff. All right, Nick. Okay. So a funny moment in a not funny show um, has to go with uh, Terraform Mars but specifically the censored version because oh my god i think if if you were following the show when it was coming out um the censorship it was it was heavily censored at the very beginning of the release and it like absolutely destroyed any credibility the show had of any like quality production <laughs> like it it's it's basically like kind of a story where they're going to mars they're getting eaten by monsters and like monsters are like killing people and stuff but it's like like it's like that typical screen of like like half of the screen is covered by black you can't see anything because like you don't even know what's happening because they had to like censor everything off of it it looks awful but my favorite <laughs> post is where one of the astronaut characters gets uh beheaded by a, a monster but like the anime is just showing the monster holding like a black circle like it looks like it's holding a giant ball, so it just like people were just photoshopping like Space Jam onto that onto that particular. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember things. that meme. I like, remember so, like, the Michael like, Jordan one. Play, like, it looks like it's holding like a basketball at that moment. I I always feel like that moment like lives in my head of like, oh wow, I can't believe they released it like that, especially compared to just like what the, the original manga source material was. Like, oof. Um, like that was the moment where I feel like that show kind of had its own like so bad it's good reputation where it's still kind of leaning more towards the like so bad it's bad just because the tone is so grim and dark yeah um, so yeah that was Terraform Mars it's a small moment um, a bigger moment I would say like a show that has comedy and a lot of horror is Higurashi um, we've talked about this in the past, but I'm going to kind of like talk about just like one specific scene in Higurashi that I find extremely funny, but it's also really horrifying. Um, and so one of the things is that a lot of the tension in Higurashi comes from the fact that like Keiichi, the main character, doesn't really know what's going on in life. Like he knows the village is like he's slowly learning about the curse of the village that they're probably harboring some sort of ritual murder that's happening, but he's still going by his daily school life. Um, so there's kind of a tension where you don't really know what the motivations of the main four uh, girls are. Like they're, they're that cute on one end, but then have kind of like these turn, um, these mood swings or changes that you don't really understand why. And so it kind of creates that tension where a scene can go really cute and like, uh, daily school life into like okay maybe this person might just be actually talking with in in, in like intense murderous uh aura and that actually keeps the suspense in like the light-hearted day-to-day stuff because you don't know when the tone is going to shift and so specifically the scene i'm talking about is where uh it's an arc that's focused on satoko which is one of the smaller uh smaller girls and her whole arc has to do with the fact that like her brother had disappeared from the village like many years before Keiichi moved in and so in a lot of the episodes he kind of is starting to take like the place of like an older brother sort of relationship with her um yeah and so one of the things that like uh where they're they're playing a game in in the classroom and 
the facade breaks where Keiichi ends up head patting her. Oh and yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's it's like yeah, a moment where this. like the tone shift because apparently the older brother never had boundaries and just head patted like her and like other people whenever um which apparently that's what uh Satoshi ends up doing a lot in that series. I don't know why he has no boundaries. It it is kind of weird but also funny in a lot of ways where you're like, bro, this is kind of bad. Like you shouldn't got to learn personal space. But like he affectionately head pats Satoko and she responds by actually having a full mental breakdown because she's like realizing how much she's like in despair because she's one, her brother's been disappeared for many years. And two, it's like she has a terrible home life because her brother's not there to protect her from her horrible aunt and uncle who's living with her. Like, it's just like she's just in a horrible situation. And like, that's that moment where like the facade breaks down and she starts crying for her brother at that moment. And then what does our hero Keiichi do uh, to try to calm her down when he doesn't understand what's happening? Is that he tries to give her another head pat, which she then throws a chair at him. He ends up getting, I think, yeeted across the classroom into the wall. Uh, and keep in mind, this is a really small girl and she just yeeted him like like 20 feet and then just has like the most sad breakdown at that moment. I just remember watching that with with like, 30 people and we're like all of us like our hands went up like dude what are you doing bro like like you that's not okay (laughs) like and i think it was that collective like everyone's like what is actually wrong with you keichi like thought that we all had that like made that scene so funny to me that i was like oh man that was like that was like collective like group uh uncomfortableness that like really made that actually kind of turn into a funny scene but it, it is like a really horrifying scene even in context yeah it's it's the it's the kind of funnies that happen only when you're in a group setting because oh, yeah, you get sure. to you're horrified by what's happening on screen but you're really amused by how horrified everybody else is there's like an equally funny later scene that also involves sadako crying for her brother where it's like one of the other characters is like so upset that sadako cries for her brother all the time that she has a mental breakdown and ends up throwing a chair at her in in like again a daylight supposedly happy school scene that's like not supposed to have scary stuff happen like ends up having this breakdown again where you're like oh my gosh this person just like responded like extremely aggressively and this is like really uncomfortable like watching it oh higarashi you provide so much it is it is inter- i i can't wait dude like the writer is pegged for silent hill f he's mm-hmm. writing oh right yeah, yeah so he's he's gonna write it i mean the trailer looks really amazing it's gonna be horrifying um, silent hill when they cry silent hill when the silent when they hills did uh <laughs> did uh by the way did it was it Ko, does kojima still own that uh not kojima sorry um konami still own that yeah, ip or is it like silent hill yeah they, they so. do i think what they realized was like we need to just license this out to like anyone who's passionate enough to make it because they, they 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 don't have the passion in-house or the talent to do it and they've been sitting on the property for so long that's pretty savage of you to say. <laughs> they don't. I mean, I don't like. I don't know what to say. Like, it's it's like they don't have. They have properties that that they own. They just don't have development to do it, or they haven't. Capabilities. Whoever worked yeah. on it works somewhere else. I mean, I mean, most notably was with Kojima himself, um, not being a part of Konami. But I mean, even with the Silent Hill team is completely broken up. Um, it's not original staff on anything on that for like. 10 years now at this point but yeah we're, we're all trying to like get that magic if, you, if you've never played Silent hill 2 like man it's it's pretty crazy how influential that game is and how i will i will have to watch it i am uh not well versed in the video games but yeah hey Garashi all right it's a good mm-hmm. show yeah i think the conclusions that we've drawn today watch yami shibai watch higurashi play silent hill 2 uh and watch mirko-chan and watch Mirko Chan, yeah. Homework, yep. So thank you everybody for joining us on this Spooktober journey. We hope that you had a good time with these past four episodes. If you did, let us know and we'll make more next October. Mm-hmm. If you think that this was a waste of your time and ours, uh let us know. It'll hurt to read, but uh I'm so used that's to a, reading that's a weird call. Be like, make us cry, man. I challenge <laughs> make, you. Don't, uh, no, I, don't. I, 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 I don't want to give anyone an excuse to I've go suffered after myself. so many 
I've suffered so many negative comments from my professors on my work. What more could you possibly do to me? Ooh, that's rough, man. Um, Oof, uh, that's, a, that's some that's some dark that's some dark energy. Yeah, right no, nah, it's uh, but uh, all all criticism can be interpreted into constructive one way or another. Uh, we'd prefer if you were nice, but you don't have to be. We will return with kind of our our regular ish format in the future. Uh, we are abducting Gracie. And chaining her into the podcast basement. Great. Uh, Basically, um, I'll be AWOL for Nate November, so Gracie can tag with me. Uh, yeah, it's a tag-in. Uh, it's the fighting game tech. Gracie's going to come in and do one of her entry moves that will uh, give herself like 16 frames of invincibility. And then i i don't remember enough about fighting games she's just using all her using up all her girl taku cred i mean i I was just gonna say like she doesn't she's not really big on horror as well she was funny she was like please i don't want to talk about horror so it's kind of so she'll be coming in right once spooktober has been banished but um yeah Mm -hmm. like i said in my opening like the spooktober doesn't have to leave as long as you live your life kind of witchy live your dream live on the edge Mm -hmm. all right uh Podcast Twitter, uh, AT Pod, I think, or Any Trans Pod. Uh, I'm at Konochioda on Twitter. And I am at Nico the Neko. Um, I've reposted like two things this week. So that was, that was yeah, sweet. I've, <laughs> I've posted more. Like, not only my account is not entirely retweets now, uh, I am posting some original content, including uh, Oats Curry, which is the greatest, dumbest pun I have ever uh, put on the internet. If if my Neko arc plan works out pretty good, I might have something for next week. Um, oh yes, as my weekend of Halloween parties commences. Uh, I also could see what how the power thing turns out. I don't know, but like, look, it, it, I'm I'm not ready, man. I don't know what I'm gonna look like in the mirror, so it'll be kind of funny. It'll be exciting. Uh, and will yeah, you can find me on Twitter at uh, the writer sitb. And uh, since, well, since James kind of mentioned it earlier, do uh, leave us some reviews on our podcast. Any ratings would definitely be helpful. Um, And uh, make sure to tune into our next episode, right, James? Yeah, next episode. Also, listen to Girl Taku. Yep, listen to Girl Taku, our, uh, I guess, our bigger sister podcast, for sure. Our own Nason podcast. All right, cut that, Bruno. Cut it out. I refuse. Leave it in, Bruno. See you all next week, everybody. Bye. <laughs> You're going to have some words at the end. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Thank you, everyone. Hope you guys have a nice, uh, safe Halloween. All the fun stuff going on there.